polluted waters, a maze of sewers, and a dysfunctional family. It's the host. So, I gotta say, Stephanie Meyer blew it out of the water with this one. <laughs> oh yeah i loved it yes you're right you're right stephanie meyer unbelievable unbelievable <laughs> uh welcome back to monsters versus men uh this is the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airwaves i'm eric and i'm alex and this week as we try to stay alive we're discussing 2006 the host mm-hmm. and it's a far it's a big step after uh 50 shades darker it was, yeah, it is. Oh, jeez, Louise, man. Oh, no, I, I honestly, I'm excited to talk about this one. Yeah, um, yeah, this one's got some depth I think to it. Some it does, juice. it does have some, some, some uh, juice. Some juice. <laughs> That's a really awkward way to put that, man. <laughs> some yeah, juice? It is. it is. You mean, you mean some like tea or like, what, like, some, no, maybe some meat. We'll just go with some. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right thing to say, man. It's got some meat on its bones. There, how's that? There we go. That's there better. Go. That's better. <laughs> it's better than juice. I guess it's got some squid legs, or it's got. Oh yeah. You know, Make sure it's got all what? All ten. Yeah, all ten. <laughs> Which Henry will be pleased to know. I just learned that squid have ten uh, tentacles and not eight, like not octopus. eight, like an octopus. Yeah, because I'm again. I don't know my biology apparently, so. <laughs> A student, a student taught me that recently. Yeah. So this was an educational experience for you as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, hey, we did get a few new reviews uh, over on iTunes, Alex. did you Have you seen those recently? Uh, Cece told me about one. She she what? checks our reviews pretty frequently. And well, that's then she, nice of her. She'll, if she remembers, she tells me. Look, we also got our first one-star review. Uh, Oh, review yeah. and I'm curious, Alex. Do you have any guesses as to who our one star review is, or uh, what they were mad about? What were they mad about? Actually, that's better. Did they the leave first? a review? No, 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 no. Just oh. a one star rating. Oh, I'm curious what the one star rating is mad about. Well, my guess, I, I'm, I'm just gonna guess. This is uh probably this could be wrong. My guess is someone gonna cause. This is going to cause another one-star review. That's whatever. all right. That's all right. Um, but my guess is someone doesn't like me, <laughs> which is fine. And my guess, it's probably not even me on the show. It's probably me on Twitter, which is fine. Oh, that's pro- oh, oh, yeah. That's pro- Actually, that's probably true now I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally is. That's exactly what it is. Because, you know, we got a lot of people that are pretty vindictive. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, the internet? The yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, I don't know no. what you're talking about, man. No. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I mean, hey, it's not the first time I've gotten a one-star review. My other show got two one-stars when we uh, had guests on the show, and we booted them because they were both so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because <laughs> they were so rude, and they were actually just very mean and rude to us, so we okay. booted them. The next yeah. day, the day they, their episode aired, we got two one-star reviews. I can't remember. I can't imagine where those came from. Yeah, exactly. I just thought maybe um, another uh, one I thought about was like, uh, maybe it's someone that absolutely loved 
GVK and listen to our Chris Stewartson episode. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Chris, I blame you. I blame you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's possible. I, yeah, we could blame Chris. I like yeah, that. I like yeah. that idea better. Chris is blaming I, you. I know if you can take the blame off yourself, that's always a good thing, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if we healthy. don't have to look at ourselves. Yeah, that's, if we don't have to look right. at ourselves, that's that's honestly what we try not to do here. We, mm, we would, That's right. We prefer extrospection instead That's of right. introspection. Do not look in the mirror is yeah. my motto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I always look disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, so this week, Alex, we are watching the host. And that is because the host won on both Patreon and on Twitter versus uh, Rampage. Thankfully. Oh, gosh. Mm. Thankfully. Um, I, you know, I was looking forward to inputting George monkey sounds throughout the episode. <laughs> or, sorry, gorilla sounds. Uh, well, next week, next week we have Colossal, the one seed, versus Love and Monsters, the four seed. So, yeah. I am interested in that. Um, we might have to watch both of them, though. I'm thinking maybe one of them will be an MVM Plus episode or something along those lines. Ooh. Just a quick discussion, maybe. Um, but, yeah, because I, I want to see both of them, and I haven't seen either one yet. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm, that one's going to depress me more than any of them because I really would do want to watch both of them. You want to watch both? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we dive into this film first, though, Alex? Oh, brunts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> this week's film is the second film we've seen by an Oscar-winning director, right? Um, but before and I, I, it took, it took me a second. <laughs> It took me a second to think about that. <laughs> I thought it was the first, but it's not. Uh, but before Bong Joon-ho directed Parasite, he directed The Host in 2006. Now, The Host might seem like a typical monster movie by its plot description. A monster is born from pollution and a family fights to stop it. It's like Godzilla versus Hedera, right? But honestly, this film offers more than any plot synopsis can offer, right? Yeah, I think... Where I want to start, though, Alex, is with the statement that you texted me today. Oh, boy. You said that the <laughs> host... Like, here comes our other one-star review. <laughs> you said the host was good, but overrated. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, first off, I texted you that in complete confidence as I'm, tr- <laughs> as I'm trying to not use overrated on the podcast because... Well, I mean, I did text this, but I don't want to do it on the podcast because I know that the word kind of creates this visceral reaction in people where they Mm -hmm. jolt out of their seat and they put a one-star review on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But... But really, like, that's that's not what it is. Like, it almost implies that I'm... I don't like the film and that there's these massive flaws and that only I can see or something like that. But... I do ever. I do think that the film is like it's frequently spoken about in this way that indicates like this. It's this flawless masterpiece, which is that's just internet rhetoric, probably. And I think in my text I told you that this is talked about like it's the second coming of Christ. Now, obviously, <laughs> this is an exaggeration, maybe a little bit of hyperbole, but I think and people could take whatever they want from uh, that statement. But my complaints are actually pretty minor. Uh, about this film but i don't think there's any denying that 
overall for the film that there's a lot of <laughs> meat on the bones or maybe like juice in the gullet as some people say <laughs> yeah so, everyone says that <laughs> yeah yeah it's a common phrase and uh <laughs> it's got some of the most interesting commentary that we've seen in quite some time like mm-hmm. I, I am interested to know what you think of the film, because I think we may have watched this together a long time ago. Yeah, I think we did. Um, well, yeah, I don't think the film is overrated. Uh, I think it's rated just right. I'm cool with the trumpets, the fanfares, the second comings. If that's the way you want to go, I'm cool with that. And what's impressive about it is it's probably just my third favorite Bong Joon-ho film. Um I can understand. Now, maybe you're taking like a monster film angle on this and and you can see the CGI. The CGI is a bit dated. Or you might think that the scope of the monster is just a bit limited. Uh, And maybe even after the initial shock of the monster wears, maybe the physicality of the monster becomes a bit mundane, right? There there are a couple things I think you could say as far as the giant monster elements and and how the film gets away from them. Maybe you would... uh, rate the film a little bit lower because of that. However, Hmm. for a film as a whole, no, I I think this film deserves a lot of credit for a whole lot of goodness. The characters I just think are outstanding and memorable. The score is strong. The camera work is stellar. Even the Hmm. action scenes, uh, though limited are done in a way that makes me excited. You know, that finishing blow to the monster is a standout for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I gotta ask you real quick: what are mm-hmm. your, what are the two movies you like more than this, other than Parasite? I guess Parasite's Parasite. Parasite. Mem- memories of Murder. Okay, I didn't know if it was like Okja, and I figured not Snowpiercer, but uh, uh, no. Okay, Memories of Murder. Okay, I need to watch that one. That is yeah, one on my list. You definitely do. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, back back to your uh, <laughs> my follow up. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the characters are pretty great overall. I do think that the sister is actually pretty undeveloped uh, compared to the others. Like, we get a lot more from just the brother. Like, he's got a few, just a few lines of dialogue about him where we get some pretty interesting allusions to his past. And mm-hmm. it kind of explains why he's able to do the things that he does in the film. And I really like that. There's this little bit of mystery to him that we just don't quite know, even though we've kind of been given uh, the dots to get there. Yeah. But for her, she just seems like a bow girl um, and kind of nothing else. Like my attachment Mm. to her as a character only comes to her because of her relationship with the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty, her, my feelings for her are pretty minimal. Now I do think Gongdu is a standout, like, He's the only character that I've ever seen get lobotomized and come out better for it. Yeah, yeah. That scene, that scene is intense, man. Yeah, but and I'll get to my complaints a little bit later about that. But okay. yeah, as for the monster goodness, like I actually think the overall effects actually hold up pretty well, especially for 2006. And yes, there are some muddy textures on the monster, some blurriness and some clear... Out of placement, like uh, with the background, a little bit, but overall, again, it's pretty, it's pretty good, and I think you could really contribute that to two things: its unique design and its unique movement that mm-hmm. really set it apart from anything else that we've seen. Yeah, honestly, like there, there's not really for me, there's not much to complain about in the monster realm. 
Uh, every scene with a monster for me, like you said, it's really satisfying, no matter how brief or long. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree. I, I have no complaints myself with, with the monster and the monster that we have. Um, I think it's incredibly creepy. Neely was watching it with me as well. And she was in the same boat just every time it was on screen. She was just kind of like creeped out and like huh. taken aback by it. Um, so, Man, but, we should have had the wives on for this episode. Yeah. Both of our wives watched. Oh, the, oh, we definitely should have. We definitely should have. Uh, I understand your gripe about the sister. I, I get that. Uh, but I think that's actually part of her character. She doesn't say hardly anything because she is that strong, silent type of the family compared to everyone else. She's obviously really talented. But as we know, she struggles just a little bit with pulling the trigger sometimes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little bit of confidence that she's lacking. Mm-hmm. But you can overall, see that in her stance throughout the film. She's always like kind of hunched over almost. Yeah, it's like, look, it's those small little things, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's all those small little details that make this family really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned the mystery. Every character, there's, it doesn't fill in those dots for you, but it gives you enough dots to cling onto, you know? Um, so I, I find all those little dots interesting, though, including her character. I agree, like she doesn't have much to say or do. But she's an important part of this puzzle. Um, now, my gripe, my gripe of the film might be the, the middle third and the way the plot just jumps around a bit. There are a few moments where yeah. characters, they start one place and then they show up in another place almost immediately. And it makes me scratch my head. <laughs> um, however, I, I let these small things slide in when thinking about the bigger picture of the story as a whole. The way that it blends this interesting tone, it gives us humor, satire, drama, action, all in this one story. And I haven't even touched on the messaging of the film yet, which I also think is just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you there. I'm going to go ahead and dig into my issues, I think, first before we get into some of that. But I I mentioned that my issues were pretty minor. Uh, but the problem is, is that they certainly impact my enjoyment of the film hmm. or some of my lasting impressions. Uh, there, there are moments in the that kind of don't make sense sometimes. Like, things the brother... Okay, so things like the brother, after almost being captured in the office building, he falls from a bridge that he's hanging on and proceeds to, like, roll under the bridge and send a text, and then he passes out immediately. Hmm. Why I don't know why he passed out. My assumption at the time was that maybe he broke a leg, he broke an arm. He was because he seemed like he was in a lot of pain, right? But it turns out he's fine, and yeah. he's so fine that he can run and throw thirty mol- molotovs here in about a few hours. Yeah. So I don't like, like things like that. I'm like, why? Like that is that just convenient so everybody can show up at the same time? That, but that's that's small. That's that's just pretty minor. Uh, but seriously though, like. So when Park Hyun So dies, I guess Hyun So, we'll just call mm-hmm. her, uh, dies, there's not much emotion there. Uh, for someone we've been chasing after the entire movie, for a character that I was like really rooting for and liking yeah. in this film, uh, this was a huge fumble, actually, for me. They, they, they really needed to illustrate better that she was actually dead mm-hmm. when they pulled her out. Because... Honestly, uh, uh, until the little boy wakes up, they've both been unconscious forever. Mm-hmm. They've, been, <laughs> they've been unconscious for 10 minutes. Why wouldn't she just wake up? 
Like, yeah. uh, we're not given enough time to even really tell for sure what's happened. Uh, and it really is kind of like, it's kind of upsetting that the way they deal with her death because it completely lacks impact. And we don't even get a, we don't get a follow-up scene to better illustrate that. And mm-hmm. it also robs a little bit of emotion from the final moments where they're killing the thing. Mm-hmm. Like if we had gotten a definitive proof, maybe a giant gash on her head or something, just something to let us know that she is yeah. definitely just not passed out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I think everything in the, the final moments of the film would have landed even harder. And it's still a great moment, but it would have hit a lot harder. And the other issue that I have with the film is Bong Joon-ho is pretty famous for being able to juggle like wildly different tones really yeah. well. Uh, but on a number of occasions here, I don't think it, they seamlessly blend uh, hmm. like they usually do or lately have. Uh, like the moment where you were talking about the, the lobotomy. Yeah. I couldn't tell whether it was supposed to be comedy or not. Uh, because when he leans over and he says something about virus, it's funny. And then yes. they're getting ready to give him a lobotomy. And his performance is kind of humorous Ooh. when they're getting ready to do it. But then I'm also thinking, like, this is, like, completely horrific. That's, but it's kind I of think, funny. And, but I think then, that's kind of – that's there's so much of that in this film. I know. But, but then it's – like it's kind of off putting. Like it doesn't that doesn't that make you feel off? Like yeah, exactly. I think like that's the point. Like I think it does. It is off putting. Like it makes you uncomfortable. Like yeah, it's like another scene like that is. Yeah, it is. It is a joke. Like they they thought he had no. They thought he couldn't understand a word they were saying. Right, and right. then he's like, "No virus, <laughs> no virus." Yeah, which is hilarious. Right? Which is hilarious because yeah, he did understand. And like you guys are overlooking his intelligence a hundred percent, you know, like they were idiots talking about it right there when he's in the room and can understand you. (laughs) Uh, And then it moves quickly to completely terrifying. Um, It says another scene like that is whenever they're, they are mourning um, uh, Hyun Sao's death, right? They're mourning her death and it's over the top. Like as far as, you know, they're falling over on each other, you know, like crying. And everyone else is like, what is going on here? You guys are like over the top, like mourning each other or, you know, like an on each other. It is exaggerated and it makes us as the as the audience uncomfortable. But it's the off-putting nature that makes this like it gives it an exaggerated sort of feel that – I don't know. It hones in almost on on the peculiarity of the situation. Yeah, which I I can see that because that is the other moment that really comes. That's always come to mind since I first saw it. That's one of the moments I remember of the film is that morning scene and that how I didn't really care for it. Uh Uh, And it's for the I felt the same way this time. And apparently, like the whole thing was improvised. Uh, I was reading a little bit about the movie. Um, apparently that whole scene is pretty, is improvised and you know, there is comedy in it, especially the longer it goes, the funnier it is, but it's also, it doesn't quite land for me. Hmm. And so there's, there's a few moments like that where I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing? Is this terrifying? Like if that is the point, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm missing it. Hmm. I, I understand. I, I get it. I, I do agree with you. 
with the uh, death of Hyun Sao, right? Like, I didn't know she died either. Like, neither did Neely. So multiple people had the same sort of reaction to that scene where we didn't know that she died. I put the pieces together um, kind of at the end when I realized whenever he's waking up the boy that she had yeah. saved and you're like, Oh, he's waking her up and trying or waking him up and trying to get him awake because she has died. That's the point when I realized it. Now I do think there's still emotional impact in that scene for me. And even given the fact that, that she has died, like the fact that the family gets that moment with her brings a sense of closure that they, they still didn't have before. It's terrible either way. Um, but I do think there's some emotion in that scene for me. Oh yeah, looking back on it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it would have had that little extra. Yeah, oof. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Now, I, I've heard a couple of comments about this film being anti-American. Uh, yeah, I've heard that too. Or being like an extended metaphor for. Um, I think Henry was saying, you know, it was it's an extended metaphor for American occupation in in um, Korea. And I think, yeah, like we get those elements, of course, but I don't think we can boil this film down to an anti-American propaganda sort of film. Um, I think that would just be doing it a major injustice. Bong Joon-ho and this Mm -hmm. film as a whole is far too nuanced to be simply about Americanization or Westernization. I think it's actually just critical of modern culture as a whole. And, And it's really... It's absurdist in a sense, you know, like it's looking at the absurd aspects of life. Um, but in order for Korea to become westernized, they also had a role to play or in order to, you know, like it's like, yes, you can criticize the person that is um, like the one in power. But there also are decisions on the other end that others had to play in order to hmm. make this happen in, in their country as well. Right? It's like nobody... Nobody comes out clean. <laughs> no one in the family is like a super sympathetic character in the fact that they're not flawed. Every single character is flawed. Um, I think in, it, what you see here is you see the effects of, of uh, economic system of an entire way of life um, and how that system affects the privileged and the non-privileged alike. To me, of Bong Joon-ho's filmography, this is the most like Parasite, actually. Everybody and everything is interconnected in a way. What happens to a country like Korea has the potential to affect the world. What happens to one city in in Korea affects the entire country. And, of course, what happens to this one family, which is a microcosm of the situation, can happen uh, to anybody. (laughs) <laughs> and I love this this family. It feels they feel very Dostoevsky like. They're a group of dysfunctional misfits, but they just have these relatable flaws and characteristics that are heightened, but are in some way so relatable. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with a lot of that. Uh I, I don't quite see the westernization of Korea in this film necessarily, but I, I, I do see the almost satirical nature of the u.s military's occupation of korea as well as a few other like american jabs but honestly yeah this film is in no way anti-american i don't see it i see criticisms 
I don't see anti-American. If it was anti-American, it wouldn't have an American put his life on the line and save people. And ultimately, he's one of the few that actually makes the ultimate sacrifice to save people. Hmm. So if it was anti-American, he wouldn't have such a big role in those opening moments, uh, which led to his death later on. I, I Potentially. I could see someone pushing back and being like, well, that was just kind of like the, you know... American hero tries to save people, but doesn't really accomplish much. Well, but know? he does save people, and then he also—I mean, yeah—he gets—he gets—he uh, does die, but he also—he does it saving people. So, yeah. I—I I mean, I guess I could see no, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like, if you're if the, if you're making an anti-American film, you would you wouldn't have an American step out of line to save people. Right, and or if they did, you, or if they did, you'd kill them really quickly in some like horrific fashion to be like, "What the heck were you thinking?" <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like you said, there's more nuance here. Mm-hmm. There, it, it's clear. Like this is 2006. This is making fun of. This is making fun of the like. Even there's even a one point where there's like the war on terror is going on you know, on mm-hmm. a TV, and you know, in that they're going after bombs that didn't exist and in this you've got a, this virus that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and so there, there's like things like that and i apparently the opening moment of this film actually happened yeah which is like baffling and so of course there's going to be some criticisms there but anti-american uh i don't see it uh but i this film does have feelings about specific topics that it wants to speak of <laughs> other than that. And like you, you I mean you pretty much hit on a lot of them and you know, maybe I didn't get the Westernization, but just because I didn't pick it up doesn't mean that you didn't. And that's <laughs> great that you did. I mean, I don't think that's the thing I like about this film uh-huh. compared to other aspects of other films is the commentary is some of it's more direct, but a lot of it's more nebulous. And even that what's direct is a little malleable in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think we can all get something from it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I Maybe I wouldn't say like Westernization. I'm thinking more modern culture in general and just the like uh, potentially the effects of a neoliberal economic structure uh, like in Parasite. There's, there's almost this crude relationship to technology. It's like this dependent, unhealthy relationship. You might even say parasitic, right? Um, but it's like you mentioned the TV. The TV is like a, almost a constant presence, it feels like. It's, it's always, yes. it's always the, and it's unhealthy, you know? And there's that scene at the end, at the very last scene, uh, the boy's like, <laughs> can we turn off the TV and just enjoy the meal? <laughs> yeah, and, and it, the funny thing is, like, the whole, what's happening on TV is actually talking about them. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, then they turn it off. It's so surreal. I love it. I love it. It's so great. Um, yeah, there's, and there's also, of course, an unhealthy relationship, an unbalanced relationship between the government and the people. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And there's, looking at this in 2021, Oh my gosh, man! There's oh, there's know. so much for conspiracy there, there, theorists to chew on. I don't think that's the point, of course, of the movie. <laughs> but holy cow! A lot. I mean, CC was looking over at me like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, like, it's like, oh my gosh, 
Are you serious right now? Like it, it's it's one of those movies that is like, oh, it's so like we've talked about movies that messages still hold up today, but this one still feels so uniquely timed for now. Oh my gosh, it's it, it's really kind of bizarre. No, no doubt. I, I was like, oh my goodness, this is weird. <laughs> Nearly had the same reaction too. It's like, oh man, but that again, that just speaks to. Um, Bong Joon Ho's vision, I think, for this film, and I think it's it's why Parasite. Are you saying connected. that he saw COVID coming? No, but <laughs> he said vision. Did he have visions? <laughs> no, but it's like again, I think it's the most like Parasite of his films um, in its messaging. But um, before we move into our awards, Alex, NVM Plus today, we already recorded it, and we talk a little bit about everything. Right, I finished Ginga. Ultraman Ginga, we get into that and we talk a little bit about what makes a villain in Dragon Ball Z. And uh, we we talk about uh, a complaint about underwater that we didn't see coming. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's just say let's just say no butt cheeks were involved. That's right. It snuck up behind us. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Well, let's move into our awards, Alex. Uh, that was a good one. I like that. Uh, coolest character award. Uh, who'd you have? Uh, um, you know, I actually had originally... I originally had, and not facetiously, I actually had either the American or uh, Gangdu because of their willingness to go save other people. And the American is because he was the first one to run over there. Um, but actually I I started thinking more on it and I got to pick the, why am I blanking on him? The grandfather. Um, which one is that one? That's a high, is that Hey bong, he bong, he bong. Yes. Yeah. He bong. Uh, I got to go with he bong because he gives up everything to help his family. Yeah. He spends yeah. all of his money. He, he they even have to give up their savings, which oh. is a whole nother thing. I mean, it's he, another he, aspect of it, right? It's, yeah. 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 They have to bribe, <laughs> bribe their way into the whole situation. Yeah. But it's, he just, he gives up everything, including his life for them. And then when he does die, like he kind of does it casually, which is, uh, mm-hmm. admirable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is in this sort of strange, once again, kind of surreal sort of way. Yeah, there's no like innocence in this movie. Like, there's no one that's let off the hook. Yeah, he's you know, complete. That- he is more selfless than any of them. But he's also. It's revealed that he had his time to be selfish, and yeah. the consequence of that is the way that Gongdu uh, is presently. Yeah, exactly. You know, but even like the scene, like you see people that are out on their luck that are also just taking advantage of people, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just like nobody, nobody is given any sort of like grace. Like this movie just shows you flaws and all of of just about everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. My coolest character, and and by the way, uh, side, side point, uh, Gong Du, the main character, um, I, I love his uh, love that he has for his daughter in this sort of weird way. Yeah, right? it's, it's a weird way, but yeah. It, there's there's that. He the doesn't beer? show at the very beginning, like the first opening moments we get in their relationship. 
he doesn't show up for their like special day <laughs> at school and he sends his brother there who's drunk, right? Um, yes. He doesn't show up. He can't go to it. But then he has that scene. He's walking along with his daughter and like holding her backpack up. So like mm-hmm. to take the weight off of her shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the details, man. It's it's the small little details like that. It's like, oh, I love that. It was weird as I remembered that detail specifically from watching oh. this, you know, 15 years ago. So that, that was an impressive little detail um, that really s- stuck with me. But <laughs> he's not my coolest character. My, my coolest character, I don't know if he is really cool, but... I just to me he was kind of relatable and it's the brother Nam Il I believe. Um You're not that cool, Eric. Why do you think he's so relatable? No, I I mean he's <laughs> he is cooler than me. He's he can do he can throw Molotov cocktails. I can never do that, right? Yeah, you could. <laughs> I could, but I don't have those guts. Like, but but he's not. Look, look, he's not that cool though. Like, whenever he goes for the finishing blow, he drops it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and then then when he shorts out the power, and his 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 big escape, he's crawling on the ground. It's like completely inelegant. He's not that cool. Like that's the thing is, he's not that cool. I I say he's relatable in the fact that like he's just. I, I think he's. A lot of people in in like our society, maybe a lot of like burnt out millennials, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's also maybe a lot like how some people feel coming back from military service because he says he gave up his youth for the country. Uh, yeah, uh, which is why he's able to. Why, which is why he has the know how for the Molotovs, I think, and why he yeah. has the know how to do some of the more technical things that he does. That's true. Yeah, that's a good he, point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but he's also just he's he's been burnt by the system like he's been burned you know mm-hmm. and um, yeah you well, can, you it, can sense that you can sense that from him he doesn't ah uh, yeah there's something about him that's just almost like this tragic character all these characters are tragic but I don't know I found him to be tragic in a way that was most relatable um mm-hmm. In in yeah. my current life, I guess. Well, well, um, yeah, I mean, he 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 gives uh, he gives up his youth for his country, as he says. He goes to college. He gets yeah. out of college. There's no jobs waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I think that's a pretty relatable 21st century problem for a lot of <laughs> yeah. people. You know. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he throws Molotov cocktails, and yeah, I I, I liked him overall. And we haven't talked about him yet, so he's my coolest character. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good choice. Um, what about your most memorable line award? Uh, so my most memorable line award comes from the U.S. doctor checking out Gongdu. And he says, haven't you considered, and he's asking about his daughter. You know, he's like, your daughter's still right. alive? He says, haven't you considered contacting a television station or a human rights organization, the police? Mm-hmm. And it's just absurd in that situation. Um, and it just highlights. Now, he's he's just testing Right at that moment, or like pretending to test Gong Du to see if he's gone crazy, um, but yeah. it also just highlights the absurdity that Gong Du and his entire family has been through. And yeah. yeah, like they could contact those people, but nobody would believe them. Why? Because of the position that they're in in society. Right? No. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> nobody could care less. Um, they have tried to contact, they have tried to tell people 
it just goes unnoticed. They they feel powerless in their situation. And it's, that's I think that is insightful commentary as well. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. What about you, man? I, uh, that, that's a really powerful moment when he says no one would believe us. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, uh And then uh, mine was actually a line from Gong Du. <laughs> he, sees the, he sees the wanted posters on TV and he says, hey, we should take this and show it to Yonso. <laughs> Danny on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. That's great. <laughs> what about your uh, Can't Believe That Acting Award? I, I give it. Got to give it to Ko Asung uh, as Hyunso. I think she does a mm-hmm. really great job, and you know she spends all of her time pretty much in one area for most of the film, <clears throat> and she conveys a lot of emotions, but also like she never loses that hope yeah. during the entire time. And she just she doesn't have to have a lot of lo- lines of dialogue, but she is very expressive. Yeah. And mm. it makes you care for her pretty quickly. Yeah. Which is why I get, I'm, I, I'm so upset about how they handle her death. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She is a really, she's a, she was a contender for my coolest character as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's awesome. awesome. She is awesome. Uh, my can't believe that acting was he bong Bune as the father. Uh, he was great. He is great. <laughs> he is great. Uh, that little, motion that he does as he knows he's about to be oh, you know, yeah, eaten the, the, and he still just does that shooing motion, shoe motion you know so good his little monologue um where he tries to build sympathy for gong do with his siblings <laughs> who are falling asleep <laughs> oh so funny hilarious right hilarious i also like that backhanded compliment he says something <laughs> like uh you know it, you know how smart he used to be <laughs> And then, and then, and just a few lines later, he says, "Because he looked so smart. Yeah. It's not that because he was smart. He just looked like he was." Yeah. Smart. Oh yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's great. It's great writing. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, this, he, he's great. Um, it's those small again, those small little moments that are just impressive to me um, as a whole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really good. What about your uh, standout effect award? So. Mine is actually that moment that um, Gong Du pulls out uh, Hyun Sao from the monster's body. Mm. It's like I, I feel like that there was a real sort of like set there. Like uh, yeah. it was, it was yeah. really detailed and really gross. It looked uh, like it was a real prop. It looked like a real prop. It really did, and like there was like a real like. I've been present at my ch- at my children's birth, and let me tell you, like <laughs> I had some flashbacks in that moment that I didn't want to have a flashback about. All right, so <laughs> oh man, it was a little bit disturbing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was also just realistic. I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was my standout effect. What about you? Uh, mine's gotta be how the monster moved, mm. especially underneath the bridge and how it swung, because it's so un- unexpected. Yeah, you know this is a thing that comes out of the water. You don't expect it to start swinging on the bridge mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. does, even though even though the first time we see it, it's hanging. Yeah, but still, you don't you don't expect it to swing. <laughs> you just don't expect it, and it's just so cool and agile, and it really. 
makes it more terrifying because it can hit you from the air or the sea now. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, no, it's true. That's great. Yeah. Uh, what about your Oh, That's a Good Shot award? Uh, mine's got to be when not the moment that Gongdu realizes he's grabbed the wrong girl's hand, but when he looks back and he sees Hyunsu mm-hmm. and he sees the monster approaching her from behind when she doesn't even realize it yet, it's a pretty terrifying image to, for a uh, father to see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, mine is just a moment before that, actually, or, or a few moments before that. And it's the first time we see the monster running down like the Bay Area. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just unexpected. You're like, holy cow, this is happening right now. Um, yeah. and, the, and the camera does this a couple different times. It doesn't have any like very long shots, you know, that, that we've talked about, extended shots where the camera just keeps rolling. It doesn't have any that last for like minutes at a time that are just like stand out. Like, holy cow, how do they do that? But overall in the movie, there are plenty of shots that last longer than your modern blockbuster type of shots, right? And that's one of them where the camera does almost a 360 turnaround um, to capture the monster running right as Gangdu is realizing what is happening. And it just captures like the panic and the like, wait, what, what am I seeing there in the background? What, what's coming this way? Mm-hmm. You are experiencing it just as he is experiencing it. So I love the way that the camera worked together with, with his performance uh, to really dive into the emotions of that moment. Yeah, and I know you mentioned it earlier, but the camera work in this film from top to bottom is just really great. It is. Yeah, it's unsettling. Again, like it's unsettling at times, like just some of the choices that are made, but that's all on purpose, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. And it's just creative, lots of creative shots that I, I think about the one, there's just a r- random shot, you know, when the American and uh, Gangdu are are attacking the monster mm-hmm. and they, they pull, he, he takes that sign and, and he's running, I guess in between like two like trailers oh, almost. Oh, yeah. And like, you just shot. see this, you just see the sign see above the, the trailers. It's just, <laughs> it's weird, but it's really cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really visual. It's very visual. Not showing much. Yeah. Yeah. So great. So great. Um, cool. Well, what about uh, our rating and ranking Alex? Uh, uh, you want me to go first? It. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can go first. Okay, um, go for it. Yeah, this is a, this is a, despite my comments to you in private that you brought into the <laughs> podcast, this is a top tier monster film. Uh, no doubt about it. Now people it's, just think you're pandering. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. That, that's why, you know, uh, that's why I don't want to do it on the podcast. I guess we take should. It out of yeah, context. I guess what's, what stays on signal, or what, what's set on signal stays on signal. That's right. That's right. Mostly because it's so cumbersome, you just can't find the messages anyways. <laughs> um, anyway. But, uh, yeah. But <laughs> it, it, it's a creative film. It has a lot of interesting messaging, interesting camera work, really great characters. Honestly, Bong Joon-ho really kills it for this film. Like he, he knocks it almost out of the park. I do have, like I said, those issues that really drag the film down for me. Like, because this, this, 
without these couple issues, this would be Shin Godzilla tier for me, mm-hmm. which is for those that don't know or like just tuning in relatively recently, Shin Godzilla's top tier for me, one of the best monster movies ever in my opinion. I think that the poor handling of the death of uh Hyunsu and uh it is just a complete fumble. And I think the misstep of the rapid flipping of the tones, while it works most of the time, I do think there's important scenes where it doesn't quite hit for me. Um, those two elements kind of bring it down for me because they do like eject me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, though, like this is great. I am going to give it, you know, after our conversation, I kind of want to knock it up a little bit, but I don't. I don't know. The Hunsu thing is really bothering me. Okay. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. I'm not going to knock it up. I'm going gotcha. to leave it where it was. Four I got out you. of five. Uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah, this is a strong one, honestly. Um, and I'm going back to my rating for Underwater last week, which was looking back, I, I was, I think I was pretty generous towards Underwater. And comparing that rating to my experience with this film, I just think it's an interesting it helps me gauge where I want to end up with this film, I think. It, underwater, to go back to last week, Underwater is a movie that takes its characters and places them in an impossible situation and shapes how we view those characters through the decisions that they make within the film. Mm-hmm. But in the host, the characters feel fuller. like They have more backstory. Though we don't get as much explanation of that backstory. It's just those dots that you mentioned earlier. It's just this lived-in feel with these characters, right, and the bonds that they have. They're exaggerated in a way that exposes their flaws, but that's what makes them that much more human. And it's because of that humanity that we get an exploration of many ideas through a pretty insane plot and an awesome monster, right? Which, though I said some could have a complaint about, I don't. I think the monster's great (laughs) Um, and unique. And just very very unique and and different. So for me, this is uh, a 4.5 out of 5. One one of my favorite films, I think, that we've watched on MVM. um, Definitely a top-tier monster movie deserving of the one seed, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Definitely. Um, Well, next week... what was your rating? 4.5 out of 5. You just couldn't do the 5, could you? No. Glowing over it over here. No, I I I I understand that issue that you have. Um, I I don't think it's I don't think it's a flawless film. I'm, I'm just kidding. Here. So I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh man. Uh, Colossal versus Love and Monsters next week, Alex. Do you have a rhyme? Uh, hey, just let me think of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got one. I got one. Okay. I got... It, it's close enough. Um, does the pace of Colossal move like a fossil? And does love and monsters stand to conquer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they're getting I worse think, and worse. But mine, yeah. I don't have one either. I, I'm, I'm scrambling, Alex. Uh, I think... Um, in in colossal, um, Good luck. does Anne Hath- <laughs> in colossal does Anne Hathaway pull away with the wind 
wow. Or uh, does Love and Monsters pull on the heartstrings of monsters versus men? <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, yeah. We better get off of here. <laughs> There's another one star. <laughs> this is why we get one stars. We don't yeah, take, probably. We don't take rhyming seriously. There's there's a rhyme aficionado out there that's very angry that, with us. Yeah, right that's now. probably true. That's probably true. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod on Letterbox where Alex Cornette and Eric Neely email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, those reviews really help. Alex, we never did read the two reviews that we have. We'll talk about those next oh, week. Oh, yeah. We got really sidetracked, didn't we? <laughs> Monsters <laughs> vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try to stay alive. I, I honestly, I'm excited to talk about this one. Yeah, um, yeah. This one's got some depth think to it. Some it does, juice. It does have some... Some, <laughs> some uh, juice. Some juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really awkward way to put that, man. <laughs> some yeah, juice. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs>